Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Capital Advisory Group, Inc. is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Neither Kestra IS nor Kestra AS provide legal or tax advice and are not certified public accounting firms. You work hard for your money. For the next hour, you're going to learn how to keep what's yours. Capital Advisory Group presents Keep What's Yours. Here are Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Hello and welcome to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. My name is Josh Gilbert. I am sitting here with Jeff Zufall. He is the Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Hello, Jeff. Hello. How are you doing? Very good. Good, good. And it's another weekend. We're That's ready right. to roll. We're going to talk taxes. We're going to Yay. talk the housing market. We're going to talk interest rates. We're going to talk 401k. We're going to touch all the bases. But uh, as always, I just want to mention what you can do for us and what you have done for me personally is that you can take a look at our finances, take a look at our taxes from last year, the year before. How many years of taxes do you want to see when I, when I come in for the first tip, visit? Typically two years. Two um, years taxes. Kind of gives us a little. Sometimes we'll ask for more if we see stuff that changes, big changes. Um, we'll ask for you know maybe three or four years, um, but typically two years. You can take a look at our taxes, take a look at um, some paycheck stubs. Yes. Ask us a couple questions about what we look like financially on paper, and you can come up with a strategy. You can come up with a plan. You can come up with some ideas of how we can keep more of our money on our paychecks every two weeks, in our accounts, not going to the federal government exactly. in the form of taxes. And, you know, we went to you and we got a tax return this past year. Heidi, I know, went to Jeff yes. Zufall this year <laughs> and she got a tax return. Took a little bit longer. Hers did, yes. But <laughs> She, I, you know, I kept saying, hey, did you get your tax return yet? You your tax? And she goes, but we got it, you yeah. know, and it's like, you know, it's so it works. And the way that, that you're able to do that is, you know, at least with for my situation, I know that you set up a flex spending account for yes. us to use to pay for my son's schooling. We got 1200 bucks back on just that. Yeah. Or at least we kept $1,200. Yes, kept. Yes. Kept. Um, and a couple of other things that you did and, and some of the stuff I don't even get because it's numbers. It's, yeah. it's hard numbers. There's stuff that hides in a tax. Most, most people that we see when we start talking tax planning, they, their eyes roll back in their head. And they're oh, yeah. just kind of like, eh. My eyes are starting to roll right now. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, it's too complex. Don't worry about it. And it's like, no. It's it's not easy. I mean, to the the degree of you just wave your wand and say fix this one thing and you'll save ten thousand dollars. It does not happen. But typically, what takes place is it's four to five to six items that you do within the tax year, and we still have time for that this year to help save money. Even to the degree if you go, hey, I'm single and all I have is a W two. That's my. I mean, that's all you have. The concept is, do you have a four hundred one k? You know, do you have access to an HSA? Those are the things that save you a ton of money, and most people overlook them. Um, again, I think we did the report on the 401K that 
I forget what the number percent was that like 60% or 70% of the people that do a 401k have, don't even have no idea what it does how, and how it works, works. <laughs> or what it does. Exactly. And, and, you know, I'm still kind of in the dark about it, but it's one of these things where, oh, I'll just have it taken out of my paycheck exactly. and I'll worry about it later. But the idea is, yeah. You do have to worry about yes. it later, but yes. later's coming. It's it's coming around the corner whether you realize it or not. So, And we're going to talk about doing Roth conversions this time of year is when you start looking at your finances. Because you kind of know, you know, there's two months left. Yeah, within reason. You you could project. Um, yeah, some people might get a bonus at the year end. But you, you know. kind of know yeah, what you, you know where you're at this year yeah. or what you're going to yeah. make this year. Yes. So the question is, can I do a Roth conversion that would be uh, financially beneficial to me yeah. tax-wise? And uh, if it is, then do it. Yeah. And this is the Got time of year to do it. Tons of time to do it. And exactly. you were telling me uh, off the air that uh, from the ones that you have done this year, you did run into a couple that mathematically were not a good yeah, idea. just wasn't in their, their best interest to do it. Their yeah. income's too high. The math didn't work because most people will, when they do a Roth conversion calculation, they're like, oh, I got X in this Roth and it's going to, that's after tax and it's going to, or you, you don't take the tax from the Roth basically. And that's where the issue comes into play because you have to look at it from a net tax. So if it costs you, you know, you got $10,000 in there, it costs you $1,000 to do the, count, the, the, the conversion you got to do it with $9,000 and project it off in the future and say, how long does it take me to make back that tax that I paid? And in some cases, if the tax brackets are too high, it takes forever, and it's not worth it. You might as well leave it where it's at because you're not going to take it out lump sum. You're going to take it out in income as you go forward over time. So um, so we had one person that kept saying, oh, I'm going to convert. It was like $1.5 million in an IRA to a Roth. It was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. The math on it was crazy. And mathematically, it sounded, I say, sounded correctly when we would discuss it. But we did the math on it. No way in the world. I mean, it was totally against him when we did it. Yeah. So, yes, you never have to pay tax on it ever again. But there was a huge tax bill that was due. I mean, huge. So. And that's that's the thing. And in, in this is this is the game. And this is the best way that I can understand you know, I don't understand 401ks like you do, Jeff, but I think I understand it more than the 65% who have no yeah. <laughs> idea uh, how it works. The idea is you sock it away tax-free now and say, I'll pay the taxes later. Yes. And then hopefully when later comes, my tax rate is lower than it is today. Hype. That's the, the concept. When I moved it. Yeah, that's, that's the, the concept. concept. If I'm at uh, an effective 24% tax rate now, exactly. hopefully when I take this money out, I'll be at 20% exactly. and I save 4% of my money. Exactly. And when you're talking about, you know, 500000 a million dollars. Time value of money. I mean, over a 20-year, 25, 30-year span. Compound interest huge. is a beautiful thing. Exactly. Uh, that's a huge cost savings. Yeah. And even even today. You know, that is something separate that you and I talk about oh, yeah. because, you know, that is something that we will deal with. And, you know, maybe I'll be dealing with, uh, you know, one of your kids by the time yeah. I get to be. You know, Third generation is, yeah. is in. <laughs> when I'm 60-something years old, yeah. you'll either be retired or, you know. Nah, probably, probably never retire, <laughs> but not work as much as I do now. Not working in the <laughs> office as much as you do now. Uh, and by the way, when when I get to be sixty, people will be living to be one twenty. Yeah, one twenty. Yeah. That's uh, 
you know, Jeff will be, you know, 90s, the new 60s. Yeah. Well, I went to a business coach and they did say, write your age down on a piece of paper. And everybody in the room wrote their age down. And then they said, plus, and it's stupid, a stupid experiment, but it makes you go, whoa. And they said, plus five, plus 10, plus 15, plus 20. And you start adding your age up. All of a sudden you're like, whoa. And, and the theory is, is uh, it's Dan Sullivan, strategic coach to get you to realize, hey, you have more time to, you know, do your business building. But I looked at the numbers and I was like, wait a minute. Ooh, I'm old. I got grandkids that'll be 30. I'm like, I don't think I'll be here. But Yeah. So, but the idea is I sock money away now and I'll worry about the taxes later. Yes. But hopefully the taxes are lower so than it, they are today. And again, by bracket wise, most people, um, and again, what we're, we're contending with, faced with, um, 2024's election year. Um, whether everybody out there listening realizes, and this is not a political statement by no means, um, Trump's tax laws, his his tax laws he put in play in 2018, 2019, all sunset 2025. The issue of the day is whoever wins the election is not forced. I mean, I shouldn't say by choice or not. It's not, oh, we're going to change tax law. They are forced to change tax law. So hypothetically, you go, hey, over time, tax laws are going to go up. Our taxes are going to go up. Um, I get that completely. But again, the concept is is tax deferral, uh, pre-tax contribution of your money, tax deferral or time value of money, the, a dollar today, what can it earn over the next 20, 25 years without paying any tax on it? Um, hypothetically, you know, if you run the numbers, it looks great. But, you know, that's that's what we're contending with today is what what's 2026 tax law look like? And not many people know. <laughs> and, the ta- and the tax code does change, and uh, for better or for worse, mm-hmm. there's beneficial stuff in there that we talk about all the time that wasn't in there maybe exactly. five, ten years yeah. ago. So the tax code does change for better or for worse. It doesn't always just go up. And, no, not necessarily. I mean, technically it goes up, but then there's a there's something, a caveat to the side that you get to take a deduction. They or, always carve something out for yeah, us. And not exactly. as much as they do for the billionaires. No, no. <laughs> they always throw something in there for us and you know, in the hopes that maybe we vote them back in office. Exactly. Again. But the idea is that when I do sock that money away, it's not like, oh, I'll revisit it in 30 years. It's not set it and forget it. No. It is, let's revisit it in six months. Six months. Um, and depend- maybe the conversation is, well, we're all good. Yeah. And, and in the past, it was. I mean, there was years where that money was on autopilot. Um, you looked at it and you went, yep, it's good. Don't touch it. Um, and then in the last six, nine months, we've had some turmoil kick in. Um, you know, there could be even more coming forward in uh, election year. Typically, vol- market volatility kicks in for no reason. Other than so-and-so says this, and the market goes up 2,000 points, and so-and-so says that, and the market goes down 2,000, 3,000 points. That's, that's market volatility is part of the game. Um, as long as your time horizon for when you need the money is, say, five years down the road, you're okay. Um, but if, the, if your time horizon is 12 months from now, don't put money in the market. Yeah. Um, sit in cash. And, and today you're paid to sit in cash versus a year ago or a year and a half ago. You were wasting time putting it in cash because you didn't make anything. Yeah. So because of the interest. Exactly. Uh, so the good effect of a rising interest rate over time is now you are paid. I mean, money markets are shy of five percent just to sit, no risk, um, totally liquid, and you get five percent over twelve months. Doesn't beat inflation by no means, <laughs> but you're still making something. So. So that is the idea. 
you have to have a plan. Yes. And and it's not something that, you know, every time I get a paycheck, I should look at it just to make sure that things are on the up and up. Exactly. And no weird surprises. Exactly. Um, we've had people who did their W-4s, thought they did them correctly. They didn't or they might have filled it out wrong. Somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do in payroll. They had no federal withholding on their, mm. their paycheck stub, you know, for six months. It, and they didn't look at their paycheck stub. They never paid attention to it. Um, you would think that you got a perk in your you know, bank account. So you go, hey, something's going on here. Nobody did. And then tax bank, time. Bank error in your favor. Yeah. Like $50. <laughs> Doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at tax time, all of a sudden, they owe $9,000 in tax. And they're like, well, you know, you goofed up my return. It's like, no, you didn't have enough yeah. withheld. You goofed up your yeah. withholdings. And that's <laughs> exactly. one of the sports guys here at the station said, hey, Josh, can, can you – you know, hook me up with Jeff Zufa. I keep paying every year yeah. taxes, and I told you that. And the first thing you said was, "He's probably not having enough withheld yeah. Yeah. every paycheck." Unfortunately, tax that you pay is a reality. Um, yeah, you've got to yeah. pay some tax. Hey, taxes are real, people. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, have to. There's not never, a lot of choice in this. You're not going to get out of it. I mean, you could reduce it um, strategically, and then in some cases, I mean, this sounds counterintuitive to what we do. But in some cases, you want to have, like business owners are like, oh, I don't ever want to report profit and pay tax. Well, if you don't, you're not paying into the system. And when I say the system, you're not paying into Social Security and you're not paying into Medicare. So long term, you're hurting yourself because you won't get as high of or, or big of a benefit back from the feds. And then I get the counter response of, well, Social Security won't be here when I retire. I, I can't say it will or won't. Um, I would say probably will or some variation of it will be there. Yeah. So they're not just going to leave us high. Yeah, they're not just well. They're, because also that's their slush fund too. So um, right. there's more IOO, IOUs tossed in the Social Security account than you've ever dreamed of. So well, that uh, another conversation for another day. Yeah. <laughs> but we had a, a great chat uh, last time about um, Medicare. Yes, exactly. And how all that works, and mm-hmm. it, actually, you know what. It's a lot easier than I even realized. It is. I know? mean, at the end of the day, if you have someone that's knowledgeable explain it to you, um, you go, oh, I get it. There's a lot of options, and, but if you go through them systematically one yeah. by one, A, exactly. B, C, D, it gets pretty easy. Yeah. So uh, I was pretty surprised about that. All right. Now, the idea is to sock some money away, and hopefully when it comes time to pull it out, you're at a lower tax rate. You played the game, you won, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Exactly. How, how you got there, though, that's where Jeff comes in, and you can give him a call, 636-394-5524. Have him sit down with your stuff. It's not just a retirement thing. It's an every year. Exactly. You, don't you pay taxes every year? Every year. year. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to pay lower taxes every year? Yes. Okay. So it's an every year thing. So he can set you up for 30 years down the road, and he can also make sure that every April 15th you're paying lower and lower amounts going out to the federal government. That's the name of the game. Keep more of what's yours. Let's go to a commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll open up the newspaper. A couple of things in the news this week. The interest rates, funding the IRS has come back up again for some reason. Um, So we'll talk about what's in the news on Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert. That's Jeff Zufall. Capital Advisory, grp.com is the website, Capital Advisory Group. And you can call Jeff, 636-394-5522. 
Keep What Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back on the show, back to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert. And opening up the newspaper this week, we saw a couple of things. Interest rates. Um, let's go uh, Let's go there second. I want to okay. do interest rates second because right now we've got a new Speaker of the House. Yes. And when we do this show, we try not to... to to do politics, Be politics, yeah, because <laughs> it's not worth it, you know. Uh, but we we do have to talk about it because it does seem like sometimes there are sides of the aisle that are for taxes and sides yep. of the aisle that are against them. Exactly. And wherever you fall, that's just where you fall. But funding the IRS seems to be an issue. We have talked about how the IRS needs more money. They are yes. in the dark ages. Desperately. Um, computer systems need to be upgraded. Um, I mean, hiring of people. Uh, for a while, it was like a net zero, which means they were replacing the people that retired um, who are finally said, I'm done, get me out of here, and they quit. They were just basically net zeroing out employee-wise. So really, we were gaining no ground. Um, COVID shut them down terribly bad. Um, I guess, in their defense. The problem is, is to get stuff fixed. And again, people who have ran into this where you get a letter from the IRS, um, it took years. I mean, literally years to get it fixed. So they didn't have the manpower to answer the phone. If you did get a hold of somebody, they said, I can't help you call somebody else literally and hung up on you. Mm -hmm. And you'd have to repeat that process all over if somebody even answered the phone. So the feds got or feds gave them eighty billion dollars beginning of this year, um, as part of the uh, inflation. The IRA. It's not an IRA like you think. Oh. It's the Inflation Reduction Act. <laughs> they got eighty billion. Um, they gave back twenty billion for the debt ceiling debate, which was negotiated out, and somehow that became part of the package. Um, so we're down to $60 billion um, for funding for the IRS. And the IRS has built their plans. They've shown it to the U.S. Treasury um, as to, hey, here's how we're going to spend this money. Might not be the most efficient, but at least they're showing, hey, we're hiring people. You can actually get somebody on the phone now. We can get stuff resolved a lot faster. Um, and now apparently this aid package that they're playing with, I think, going to Israel is like $14.3 billion. Um, now they're saying that if they give the, that $14.3 billion to Israel, um, then they're going to take deduct it from the $60 billion that the IRS has sitting on file. So, so it, it seems like we've got a new Speaker of the House. Um, I forget his name. Mike something. Uh, uh, whatever. Uh, but they came up with a plan to fund um, – military aid to israel they and if if ukraine they want to fund money yeah. to ukraine great here's our plan of doing that we take it from the irs yeah. and this is it seems like the republicans don't want to fund the irs so so yes <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and his name is mike johnson mike I johnson looked yes <laughs> i can't remember his name either um so you say, yeah, it seems that way. Um, R, and again, not uh, speaking for them or against them, R, is it the fact that they know they have that cash outlay out there already, so they're just going to go steal it away from the IRS, and hopefully from a Republican standpoint, the people are like, yay, they took that away, IRS can't come get me, um, because the IRS is ramped up, and I say ramped up from a standpoint, they're a little ahead of the game. Um, 
So people who have cheated on their tax returns might need to be worried. Um, seriously, especially if you're a small business owner. Um, it, whether this is rhetoric that's put out in the, the open media, in a sense, saying they're ready and they're coming. They've started their audits on large hedge funds, partnerships, um, where they come in and say, you owe us money. Whether they even see your return, they automatically assume that. So once they get done with those guys, you know that the mass majority will be self-employed people that they come after. It's easy pickings. So the so, idea is that the IRS got extra money to hire people to answer the phones for once, you and, know, finally. Yeah. But also to ha- hire agents to go out. Their reference, the revenue agents is what they are. They, they're the ones. people. Yeah. They carry a gun. They get a badge. Um, I mean, for the nature of the beast that they do, they probably shouldn't be armed with a bodyguard. Um, <laughs> they're coming because they're showing up places saying, and saying, "You owe us money." <laughs> you know, you've been cheating on your taxes yes. for three years. You owe us yeah. money. Anybody normal is going to say, "Here's my tax return. What do you want to see?" And and you know, go down that path. But anybody that has been cheating uh, might be a little offensive. Get off by my that. property. Yeah, exactly. You're like, well, no, we're here because exactly. So so, but now they're starting to steal that money back away from them. Now, is it the fact that they don't want them to come out and audit people? I mean, no, nobody wants to get audited. But it's all part of the game. I believe that the audit last year was less than two percent of all taxpayers. Um, I shouldn't say taxpayers, tax filers. Um, less than 2%. And that, that number is way down from where it was. I think back in the day it might have been as high as 15%. But they don't have the manpower. So if there's another, I think, that which is, is coming in maybe, what, December, uh, another debt ceiling debate um, that we have to run through, you know, they're going to go, hey, take it from the IRS again at $20 billion. You know, now they're down to $40 billion. <laughs> Yeah. So they keep clawing the money back. But what did you tell me? Was it last week, two weeks ago? Didn't you tell me that there's a number that the IRS has come up with and said, this is how much money we were unable to collect in taxes? $688 billion. And that's just one year? That's one year, they're saying. That they, that they haven't collected yes. because people are filling out their forms wrong on accident? Failure to file, failure to pay cheating and i say cheating just you're not going to file a return because you don't like what the numbers look like mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so 680 billion dollars and and the irs says we want more agents because we want to go and collect that money exactly that's what they're saying so again the irs is saying hey there's six eight six hundred eighty billion dollars out there 688 i believe um, their budget was they got $80 billion from the feds. So you go, somewhere in there, there's got to be a mathematical equation to say, yes, if you let them loose. Not that you want to let them loose, just go attack people and get more money. I mean, they have to prove it. Um, so, again, that's why we say document, document, document. Yeah. Um, keep every record receipt you've ever touched um, someplace easily accessible, um, not in the proverbial shoebox thrown in a closet you know, at your house. Make it digital. So if you ever go, got to go back two years, three years, four years, you can prove this stuff. And I uh, have a tax guy. It's you. <laughs> so I know that I'm I'm pretty good. I, I don't need to really worry. No, let's rephrase that. Your wife is very good. <laughs> yeah, my wife is good. I I still need a lot of help. Um, but I'm I, I kind of sit here and say, well, you know, the people that are cheating on their taxes, I kind of want them to get caught. 
know? Yeah, but yeah, but no. Um, I mean, if it's blatant and it's, I mean, there, there's ways that the IRS has. They won't tell us what they're looking at when returns come in. Um, we see stuff that comes in and people are like, oh, yeah, I, I said I had crypto. But no, I don't. Don't say anything. And it's like, you just told us you did. I got to report something. Right. So uh, that's what you run into that every once in a while. And there's people that we've turned away. We're like, nah, I don't like any of your numbers. I just don't trust my license to what I see. Right. You're not going to help someone cheat exactly. on their taxes. No, not at all. Because yeah. um, I've got to do, whether anybody realizes this, your preparer, whoever's doing your return, has to answer, I believe it's 12 questions, 14 questions. Um, and they're yes or no, so you don't have to give detail. But it asks questions like, hey, was there anything that the client brought in that was suspicious looking? Um, could they produce documentation to you? If you ask for stuff, did they give it to you? You know, did they verbally call you on the phone and go, oh, yeah, my number is X, you know? Um, and then it's like a due diligence checklist that you have to check yes or no when you file a return. And there is a prepare, I don't know what you want to call it, negligence fine if they catch stuff on there. That, oh, that's interesting. I yeah. didn't realize you filled that out for me. Everybody. And when it said, does, does Josh Gilbert look pretty shady? You said, oh, yes. One yes. And then I gave a detail of, yeah, hey. Six, you know. <laughs> He's got one of those curly mustaches. Yeah. <laughs> he laughed a lot. Yeah. You know. yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I didn't realize that you guys had to fill that out on all exactly of us. on every return you do. Yeah, um, and that kind of keeps everybody honest because if there's ever an issue, IRS can come back and say, "Hey, you did that," and I don't know what the fine is. Yeah. Maybe uh, you know five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars could be higher. Um, they'll have a fine for everything, um, but that's that's what you're up against. So again, if you see stuff that's shaky, um, if you're doing it yourself, it's a non-paid preparer, so that's on you. But if there's a preparer helping you do that, that's a that's a huge issue. And they gotta they gotta walk the line. Yeah, um, and that's that's kind of the thing. It's like you know I don't I don't like paying taxes. No, nobody I, does. <laughs> I know that you kind of have to. So at the end of the day, I'm gonna pay what I legally have to. Exactly. But not a penny more. Not a penny more. So there's I'm not no. gonna write a check with a smile on my face, I'm going to write a check saying this is what I well, have to pay. There's a little cussing going on while you're writing that check or paying it online sure. before you click the button. You're like... Rrr. But the <laughs> smile comes in saying, when I got Jeff on the case, we actually were able to keep more money exactly. in our pocket. So, you know, I did I get one over on the government? I don't know, maybe. It's not, it's not one over. It's what is legally... Right. open to you as long as you stay again the guardrail scenario as long as you stay within the guardrails you're perfectly fine so when i submit a tax mm -hmm. form uh you know i e-file and it hits the irs do they look at it and go well he didn't take advantage of the 529 <laughs> <laughs> we got him you know no nobody's gonna they're like are the numbers correct does the w-2 income 1099 income match what's on the return that's what they're they looking don't, at. They're, I'm just and a, they're not, I'm a number Yeah, to they're not digging it's deep into it. But Other than the match, the one thing that we're seeing is maybe, I don't know what the number is, There's we're seeing more and more of these guys that are showing up, and it's validation of identity. Um, it seems like there's dozens of them that have come in. But it can't be a ton of people, but if they sense something, um, maybe a deceased spouse, maybe you're signing for a deceased relative, um, it just seems like all of a sudden they're they're all over this. Where you have to you have to call the number, um, talk physically talk to them, 
give them your W-2 information, give them your refund, you know, so on and so forth, tax return, and they'll point you to a line on the tax return and you have to tell them what that number is. So it's almost like it's they're they're double checking fraud. Oh, I see. And yeah. it just it's how do you say it? It's very inconvenient for the client because I'm like, hey, you got to do it. I can't touch it. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. I can't call them for you, um, but I can give you all the data that you need that they're going to ask you. It's like uh, back in the day, uh, we used to get these video games on our computers, and to make sure that we weren't just sharing them and making mm-hmm. copies and they go to page three of the manual yeah <laughs> and say what is the fourth word on you know yeah, and, oh my god type it in just to know. make sure yep so exactly. then we just started making copies of the manual um but it's it's just one of those things where i don't like paying taxes yeah you don't like paying nobody likes paying them but we got to got to and i, I gotta imagine you know when the taxes come over you know, uh, I submit this to the IRS. It, you know, it should scan it and say, well, well they should have taken advantage of the FSA. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then another one comes over and they, oh, they should have taken advantage of a Roth conversion. Nope. But it doesn't do that. No, no, you know? it doesn't do that. All it does is, like I said, make sure that the income is reported on the return correctly. No mathematical errors. Maybe stuff in the wrong category. Um, I've seen that where it'll kick it back for weird stuff. Um, but typically at the end of the day, and anybody that's ever gotten this letter, it will say, hey, on your return, you reported this. But other people reported this to us. And it's if you're missing a W-2, missing a 1099, uh, brokerage accounts. Right. Um, a lot of the, the – So W-2s go to you and to the government. Exactly. 1099s so, go to you and, and the, government. the government. So they have a record, which is kind of on your honor. So they have a record of all this stuff sitting out there. They send you a copy of it, and then at the end of the year, they're matching it up by your Social Security number. So um, so if there's a copy floating around that you didn't provide K-1s, a duplicate of- Yeah, K-1s, 1099. Our culprits, 95% of the time, are 1099s that were overlooked. And I say overlooked from a standpoint that you, maybe you have your account at TD Ameritrade. Maybe it's digital. And they really they send you an email every once in a while and say, hey, your statement's out here. Come look at it. You're never going to do that. Um, you're going to look at your account, watch your account. Um, but the tax documents were digital, and they just never printed it and sent it over. So, again, the letter shows up. As long as you don't underreport your income by 25%, yes, you will pay penalties and interest for that tax that you owe going forward. But if it's greater than 25%, you have an un- unreported income issue and they'll slap a huge fine on you for that. Yeah. I mean, huge. So, Yep. Uh, and then in the news as well, the interest rates. Have we gone up, down, or are we staying flat? Staying flat. Held them. Um, this is the second meeting in a row that they did nothing. Um, so the market is liking it. market's kind of taken off and got a little rebound going, figuring, again, it's that concept of if the Fed ever comes out and says, we are pausing, and they say that in their verbiage, um, the market takes off and goes crazy because everybody's like, hey, they're not going to raise rates on us. We now can go invest and do our thing. The pr- The big problem, though, is yeah, they really didn't say they're pausing. <laughs> they just said they're not raising rates. Right. And, I mean, I say this jokingly. They want to see what their damage is that they've done so far, and it takes time for it to come to fruition. Um and again, you get into the end of this year, they may not raise rates. We get into 24, that's an election year. 
So you don't, I mean, most people are like, oh, they're going to decrease interest rates the first quarter of 24. I, the economists don't see that right now. They're seeing stay or be accustomed to higher interest rates and higher inflation. And literally, their response is for a while. Now, whether they want to get past the 24 election and then that's when they get aggressive again on raising rates, whatever. I think they're afraid if they raise rates too far too fast, they literally choke off our economy. Um, and they don't want that. They're just trying to get inflation under control. But again, not saying this is different this time. If you go back to the 80s, late 70s, early 80s, um, Fed chief was Paul Volcker. They said, we're pausing, literally came out and said, we're pausing. Everything's great. We have this under control. And then six months later, they were like, oops, inflation raised its head again. We got to get it under control. And then that's where you saw interest rates at 14 18%. Hopefully, we don't go down that path. Um, again, you hear anybody over probably 45 or 50 is like, hey, I paid a 12% interest rate, you know. I get that. <clears throat> the problem is this is the house that you paid that 12% interest rate on might have been 60 grand. Today the minimum you're probably in the 375 yeah. 450 range. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're talking thousands a month in in interest differential. If the interest rates go too high, will home prices come down? Well, that's what they're saying. Um, that if it goes really crazy, that home prices will come down for the reality of offsetting what that difference is so that people could buy. I can't afford a 375 house Not with a 12% a, interest it's rate. It's impossible. Yeah. I mean, you're paying four grand a month in interest. It's it just not going to Nobody's going to buy that house. And the housing market just literally comes to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, you say, could they hold their value? I mean, St. Louis County still, the issue is there's no inventory. So houses are still moving. But you got to pay. And, and I've heard this. Got to live somewhere. Well, you do, you do. But I've heard this from a lot of people is, oh, I'm going to buy the house. Um, I'll pay the higher interest rate. And then in the next year or so, interest rates are going to come down. But the Fed's not saying that. Um, so if you were planning on that, be prepared for higher interest rates for a longer period of time. How yeah. long? I don't know. I mean, I don't think the economists know either until we play this off for a while. Just be prepared for the next year or so that you might not be able to refinance just yet. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, the interest rate stays flat, and then with the election year next year, uh, a lot of the economists are saying they don't like to move the interest rates up or down. Up or down. They I don't want to help the incumbent. They don't want to... Hurt them by raising rates on them as they come into the year. Yeah, they um, don't want to be you know, every, every, part of the political process. Exactly. Every, every administration always says, oh, you know, we don't do that, but they both sides of the aisle have done it. Um, they go tap the strategic oil reserves. They try to reduce oil prices to make it less painful as you go through an election well, year. Well, price of the pump went down, yeah, yeah. because they tapped the reserves. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, I mean, they'll play little games like that, both sides. Um, not like one does it more than the other. They both do it um, just to make sure that they get elected. But so. as far as the Fed's concerned, they're like, we're not going to have Hypothet- any. Now, if their hand's played and they have to raise rates for yeah. data that they see. I mean, again, the Fed, the Federal Reserve states all the time that they are data dependent, which means they watch the data that comes in and that's how they make their decisions. So if the data shows you got to raise rates, uh, I think unfortunately they may have to. The current administration won't like them for that. Yeah. Uh, but the flip is true too, is if they go, oh, the economy's coming to a screeching halt, we have to lower interest rates to spark something, you know, that's, that's a perk to who's ever in the administration at the current time. 
So uh, they'll try their best to kind of wing through it. Now, what, November 6th, 7th, whatever the date is, um, boom, they can do whatever they want to do. It doesn't matter. The vote's done. They can take off and raise rates, lower rates to kind of do what they need to do. So. All right. Well, that is the newspaper. Let's close the newspaper now. Okay. You know, and then <laughs> save it in a pile because we're going to have a bonfire later. Yes. Uh, it is that time of year. It is. So uh, we'll we'll revisit the news next week, but we'll go to commercial break and come back. It's that t- it's that time of year. <laughs> I don't know if the Christmas music has started on the the other those radio I haven't stations. Heard it yet? But uh, I don't want to hear it. I've seen the commercials. <laughs> yeah, they're on the Saw commercials are a, on TV. There's a commer- a couple of them already that are out. But it's that time of year. Should I do the Roth conversion? And we'll get into all of that in the next commercial or in the next break. We'll hit a commercial now, but when we come back more of Keep What's Yours, this is the time of year to look at your stuff and say, is it right to do a Roth conversion? We'll be back. Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. Give him a call, 636-394-5524. He's my tax guy. He can be your tax guy, too. Capital Advisory Group, capitaladvisorygrp.com. Keep What's Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back on the Big 550, back to Keep What's Yours, and it is that time of year, time to look at our Roth conversions. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. This should be like a, a Santa, Santa Roth. Claus. Santa, Santa Roth. Roth. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, that, trademark that. We should. You know, I'm Santa Roth. Uh, should you do a Roth conversion? Well, the only way you really know if it's going to be mathematically, financially beneficial to you is if you know what you have made this year exactly and this is the time of year where you can see the past 10 months what did you make you can look ahead and say what am i going to make yeah and you can make a pretty good estimation very good estimation as to what it's going to cost your yearly take home yeah so you can make a roth conversion and not be at risk of of jumping into a higher tax bracket. Exactly. And the reason we say do it at the end of the year, in the past, and I say three years ago, there was a do-over provision in a Roth, which meant if you converted your Roth in April and then the market went down and it was at a lower value, you'd go, hey, I want to do this do-over, and you got to do that. You got one time a year to do it. And then the IRS took that away. So now there's no do-over. So the concept is, is you'd wait till the end of the year. Um, I say, Towards the end of the year, you know exactly what your income is going to be, and then you can tax bracket plan for one, and you could tax plan the other. Yeah. Um, so if you added twenty thousand to your your income, well, let's let's do this. Let's take some real numbers here. So where does the tax bracket shift? Just one of them. Uh, well, married filing jointly, you're going from I think one thirty five. Um, you're jumping from a twenty to twenty four, and that's you know it's a four percent increase um, at one thirty five. Yeah. So right. so let's do that. Say I'm married filing jointly, and it's November. You know the first weekend of November, and we say you know what by the end of, we made this much so far. By the end of the year, I think we're gonna be hitting right at about 120. Exactly. So we can say, well, we've got buffer there exactly. of about $15,000 before we push ourselves into a new tax bracket. Exactly. We can convert about ten dollars or $12,000. Exactly. Add it. So when I do a Roth conversion, what I'm literally doing is taking money from the, the 
the pre the non-taxed. Well, you're taking it from pre-tax dollars that have pre-tax never dollars. been taxes have never been paid on. Never it. been paid. You're converting it to a Roth that you will never pay tax on ever again. And the question is, how much can you do? Because it will create taxation. It's going to boost your taxable income. So when I do a traditional 401k, I'm putting money in before tax. And then when I go to take it out 30 years down the road, then I'll pay taxes on it then. Exactly. And the idea is that I will take it out at a tax rate lower than when it would have gone in. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Again, and you won't take it in lump sum. I mean, nobody comes in and says, hey, I got a million dollars in my 401k. Send it to me now. Because that counts as your income. Exactly. So you'd say, I got a million dollars in this account. I can use what's called the 4% rule. 4% rule is oh, there are tons of white papers out there that says as long as you don't extract more than 4% out of your account, you might be okay through the markets, ups and downs. And, and it'll hold your principal somewhat the same. If you, I mean, you might see your account balance drop in a bad market, but you also see it go up in a good market. So the concept behind that is 4%-ish um, as you go forward, if you take that out, that's taxable income to you. So you wouldn't go, hey, I want a million bucks, send it to me now, and pay all the tax in one year. It'd be crazy. That would be insane. Yes. That would be the dumbest thing you could ever yes. possibly do. Um, but as far as a Roth goes, you know, me and my wife make 125 a year, say. Uh, 135's the cutoff. Uh, we can take out almost 10 grand. Exactly. From add it to our income. Income. Convert it to Roth, mm-hmm. pay the taxes on it without hitting a new tax bracket. Exactly, and that way we're we're good. Yeah, and now it's in a Roth, and it's it can hypothetically grow. never you never as long as you follow the rules, which is five years or fifty nine and a half, whichever is longer. Um, you can always take your principal out of the Roth. Um, whatever you put in, you could take back out because it's now after tax money. Yeah, it's just the earnings have to stay there. Um, as you go forward. I've paid the taxes on it. It's now in a Roth. It can grow and grow and grow, uh, you know, hopefully like wildfire. Yeah. It's just growing <laughs> and growing. Need market and, market participation to, to sure. push that along too. <laughs> but if I if I follow the rules of five and a half or, or 59 and a half or five years or five whatever's years, longer, um, I can have that money and never pay taxes on the earnings. Yes. Otherwise, if it was in uh, my E-Trade account or a brokerage account, it would grow. But uh, you'd pay taxes but I'd on pay it taxes each year. on the gains. Yes. Any gains? Any? Well, uh, you'd have you have to do you'd have to sell it to get capital gains, realized or unrealized, or um, long term or short term. And then any dividends that are generated, you pay tax on that every year. Any interest that's generated, you pay tax on it every year. But if it's living in the Roth. Never. Never. I mean, there's nothing out there. So that's the benefit of the Roth. But the idea is to do Roth conversions, take money out of your pre-tax and put it in the Roth. You have to do it strategically. Yes. So that you don't jump yourself accidentally into a new tax bracket. And again, tax brackets are progressive. So it doesn't mean that if you step over into a new tax bracket that you go from a 20 to a 24. You don't pay 24% on all, all dollars. Of it. So I'm at, I'm at 135 and then I take out an extra thousand dollars. I'm at 136. Exactly. I'm still paying 20% on, on 135. The, exactly. But the extra thousand you now pay I'm paying that 24% higher tax bracket. Exactly. Uh, okay. That, so, see, that that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So the game is, and, and again, you get in all kinds of weird stuff. The big one is going back to Medicare. 
to say if you did a Roth conversion um, when you're 65 or 67, the concept would be is what does it cost you? And if it's going to cost you higher Medicare premiums because you increased your taxable income, you go, ooh, could we justify it? Because you got to take the higher Medicare premiums like what we talked about last week and throw that into the taxes that you're also paying and say, this is my true cost at the end of the day, and is it worth it? And in some cases, it's not. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things that you just have to have a plan. Yes. You have to have someone there who can do the math. And math always wins. That's the, the end of the story. And, you know, like I said, every week I'm bad at math. <laughs> so I need someone there who, number one, knows the rules. Number two, knows kind of the avenues to go down. Yeah. Knows the tax code. You know, yeah. I, I didn't know that the flex spending account, the FSA that we use for my son's daycare, I didn't know that even existed. Yeah. And then you need someone who knows how to do the math. Yeah. So we came into you. You did the math for us. You told us about the FSA. You helped us get started with that. Uh, not only can Jeff tell you that these things exist, he can actually set them up mm -hmm. and tell you how to use them. Yeah. He can get on the phone with your HR company. But before we go, while we're still talking about Roth conversions, tell me about the couple that came in. You did the math. And it didn't work out for them. It did not mathematically work out for them because they were on Medicare. So the trick is you got to take their, – there were 66, 67. Um, they were already on Medicare. You did a Roth conversion. It pushed them into a higher tax bracket. So not only did they have the extra tax, and then you have to take the math. You have to take the tax from the Roth. Most people will pay the tax from another source. So you do a twenty thousand dollar Roth conversion. You're not taking twenty. You're not taking a couple thousand bucks from the Roth to make it eighteen thousand dollars, and then that eighteen thousand dollars has to make back the tax and go positive again. Is the math? Mm -hmm. Most people will pay it from an outside source, and so yeah, it looks great on paper. You go, oh, that's the greatest thing in the world. Convert to a Roth. But what you're forgetting is. What does it? What's your higher Medicare premium? So if it a dollar over those thresholds or whatever the uh, the brackets are for Medicare, forces you into a higher premium, not only for Part B but also for any supplements that are out there. Right. So, so instead of paying one hundred and seventy bucks a month, you could be paying. I think it's two sixty two is the next jump. Um, and so there's a hundred bucks a month, twelve hundred bucks a year. How long, you know, and it's going to take you a year plus to get it back down as long as you don't do it again the following year. It just doesn't work out yeah. mathematically. Mathematically doesn't and work. Is that something that if they came to you in March, you could have? I can, but I don't know. For that, I or, don't know where they're going to be from an income right. level for the year. Or maybe even in uh, January. Yeah. If someone comes back, you can say, now let's start the year like this. Exactly. And this is what we're going to do to prepare for this by the end of the year. Yeah. So and that's that's the one big one, you know, because, again, it's the year in which you converted is the year you pay tax. So even if they came in in January and said, here's all my numbers, it's past December 31st, you convert, you're converting January far 2024, not 23. Yep. So that's the issue is November, December are the the, the times where you should be doing that. And, and in the past, that never was that. Because you always had the, the redo option to go, oops, I didn't like that. You know, market dropped by the end of the year. You could do the redo, yeah. do it at a lower amount, save you some money. Um, but you can't do it anymore. They took that away. Yeah, IRS figured out that a lot of people were using it to their advantage with crazy markets. 
And that's the thing. You have to figure out what's still in play. If you're still talking about the oops provision, that's not there anymore. If you're still exactly. talking about what's the one that they took away with the Secure Act, the uh, the the ten years you got to. Oh yeah, for a beneficial IRA where you could inherit an IRA and you just use it for your retirement. Yeah. Um, so if your retirement was thirty years in the future, thirty years in the future is what you look at. Now it's ten years. Now it's ten years. So you got ten years in which to do something with the the IRA. You know, if it's thirty thousand, forty thousand, stretch it over two years, you're fine. But if it's a million dollar IRA, you got, you got issues. to liquidate it in ten years. Ten years. How are you going to do that? Exactly. These are things that you have to take into account, especially when they get on the books that weren't there. You know, maybe yeah. five years ago when exactly. you made your last plan with yeah. your planner. So talking to Jeff on a yearly basis, at least when he does your taxes, is what you want to do. But you want to chat with him probably twice a year, if not a little bit more. And that could be via phone call, 636-394-5524. Give Jeff a call. Tell him that you heard the show and you want to come in and, and get the ball rolling. Number one, do my taxes. That's, yeah. that's the number one because I don't want to do those at all. I'll yeah. Let someone else do them for you. That's Jeff. And then while you're in there, say, and then this is my my retirement plan. Yeah. And this is me on paper. This is what we have in savings already. Can we keep more of what's ours on a yearly basis? Can we keep more of what's ours when it comes to retirement exactly. over the next 30 years? Jeff can help you out with that. Capital Advisory Group, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. That's Jeff Zufall, 636-394-5524. Your RMDs are coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how, you, how you take them out, that's up to you. So have somebody on your side who knows the math and knows the law. That's Jeff Zufall. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. You betcha. You've been listening to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. To learn more, call 636-394-5524 or visit CapitalAdvisoryGRP.com.